The Living Strong Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Living Strong Podcast. My name is Kim Sellers, and we welcome you. Of course, we have been all talking about the pandemic, the coronavirus, so many issues in dealing with this whole virus, and many folks have been afraid. But those of us living with multiple sclerosis, we have all had our own fears ourselves, not really sure what to do, not really sure how um. How nervous should we be? Should we be afraid of the virus? And does it just simply mean the worst for us? We're so happy to have Dr. Robert Richardson with us today. He is a neurologist and, believe it or not, one of the only um, African-American neurologists for quite some time. But I'm sure he's joined by many others now. But his knowledge is just incredible. And we thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Richardson. Glad to be here. Oh, thank you so much. So talk to us. Should we be afraid? If you are an MS patient, how afraid of the coronavirus should you be? Well, I think that, um, I, I think people with MS sh- um, should worry about the, um, the COVID-19 virus as, mu- as, much, as, any, as much as anyone else. Um, thankfully, the vaccine has um, and and we are and we're definitely recommending people with multiple sclerosis um, to uh, to have the vaccine. Um, if the cur- the current uh, guidance for for vaccination is uh, and this and this is from and this comes from the National MS Society um, and the American Academy of Neurology as well. Uh, we we think we think that people with multiple sclerosis should definitely have the vaccine. There's definitely benefit to the vaccine that makes that makes COVID nineteen less of a fear. Such as, well, we know, well, we know you can still develop COVID nineteen. You can still be infected with COVID nineteen mm-hmm. um, even after the vaccination. But we, but we know that the vaccination greatly reduces the likelihood of serious illness or death. We know, we know that for the major vaccines available in the United States, that reduction in risk is, depending on which which one is chosen, it's between 90 and 95%, at least for the Pfizer and Moderna um, vaccinations, and 80% with the Johnson & Johnson vac- vaccination. The other, the other thing that we know that the vaccination does is that it keeps you from spread. Is that it, we think it helps keep you from spreading COVID nineteen to other people, and this is this is why there's so much hope at the governmental level. There's uh, um, and so many, uh, and there are so many uh, local governments reopening businesses, et cetera, because the more people who are vaccinated, the less likely. Um, that COVID-19 spreads in the community. But I'm sure many folks are like myself. 
where, you know, you're afraid that anything that is not of the norm would possibly make your symptoms or the things that you deal with exacerbate. And that's always been a concern for me. I had a very tough issue with the tetanus shot. I'm terrified of the flu shot and not because I just don't want to take it, but I've had several um, um, reactions to them. So how do we know that this is going to be right for us? That's a great que- question to ask. Um, we know we know that generally the COVID-19 vaccines are safe. Um, first of all, none none of the vaccines that are avail- that are available um, have live virus. So that's a question. That's a question I get a lot. Actually, um, there's um, it's not a live virus um, that's in the vaccine. So we so we know. So there's no way that the, that the vaccine itself will cause infection. Gotcha. Um, and we and we also we also know from the limited data that we have that the vaccines are unlikely to trigger a relapse of multiple sclerosis. And at this point, we um, um, we're we don't think that there's any impact on long-term disease progression. Um, in honesty. The risk of getting COVID nineteen far, far, far outweighs any risk of of, ha- of having problems with the, with the vaccination. And by problems, I mean problems significant enough to put, uh, to put people in the hospital. So, what are some of the symptoms that MS patients face when they're dealing with COVID nineteen that may be different from someone else? Well the, well, the symptoms of COVID-19 in someone with multiple sclerosis are the, are the same as with uh, the same as with anyone okay. who anyone else who develops COVID-19. Um, um, many many people develop cold-like symptoms, so 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 sniffles, runny nose, etc. Um, classic symptom that come to be um, that come to um, that's really come to to mean that you have COVID nineteen is loss of taste and smell, and for some people who have severe infection, they may develop pneumonia. Um, most people will not develop pneumonia, but those who do develop pneumonia are are likelier to to be uh, to to be seriously ill. Um, multiple people with multiple sclerosis, and particularly people who are on disease-modifying therapies. You know, that's, that's what we call the medications that prevent progression of multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. You know, your Avonex, Betaseron, Gilenia, et cetera. Mm-hmm. All, those, all those medications work by um, modulating. I'm putting that in, I'm using air quotes. You can't see me, but that's what I'm doing. They modulate the immune system. They, they, tell, they tell the immune system to calm down, essentially. And... And for that reason, many people with multiple sclerosis are afraid that that change in their immune system makes them more susceptible to developing COVID-19 than than other people. But the fact is, COVID-19 is highly contagious. Period. Gotcha. Um, it is much more contagious than than the flu, and it is more, and it's more likely than the flu. To cause serious illness, so there's so there's kind of a double whammy there. Um, 
and I, uh, and I'll and I'll tell you the di- I'll tell you the difference. Um, until until the last two weeks, I had not seen a single person with the flu for over a year. Oh, really? Everybody wearing masks has mm. a, that led to a complete shutdown of the flu. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean that. So that that's the difference. That's the difference in contagiousness between the flu and COVID nineteen. Do you think we'll ever go back to the way things were? I know myself. I'm I'm, I'm almost I'm almost afraid to leave the house without my mask. I don't always wear it. I'll be honest. Outdoors, but there's just something about that mask that now represents safety or cleanliness. Can I say that, or is it, do you think that we'll just go back to the way things were? I think we, I think we will go back to normal, event, eventually. I, you know, it's it's always hard to see your way out when you're in, when you're in the middle of a fight. Right, right. But but just but just like the just like just like the uh, um, the swine flu pandemic of of the of the last century. Um, in which in which people were really cautious for a while after it afterwards. I mean, things eventually went back went back to normal. And and I and I refer I refer to the very large pandemic of of um, of, ni- of nineteen eighteen the, the late the late nineteen teens mm-hmm. um, so a hundred years ago. Things went eventually back to normal. Okay. I think we will go eventually back to normal how fast we get back to normal ultimately depends on how many people vaccinate so I mean, that's really that's really that's really the long the long and the short of it but um, they keep talking about these different variants should we really be as concerned about them as they're saying or is it just a just another type of of um of a virus i think i think we should i i think we should worry about the variant However, just just like just like COVID nineteen is prevalent enough to to mutate, the flu vaccine before it has been has been mutating all this time as well. You know, it's you know it's the reason it's the reason that we have a flu shot every year. It's because there's always a slightly different strain of the flu. That becomes predominant every year, and based and based on trends, based on trends, um, there there's there's a decision made um, just be- um, just before the beginning of the flu season as to which strain is probably going to be predominant, and and um, and then all the flu vaccines are are created based on on that strain. Now, once in a while, they do miss the mark. But but generally but generally they've been correct. I think the same I think the same will ultimately happen with with COVID nineteen, and the and the reason I think that and this is purely my opinion. Um, the re- the reason I think that is because we have we have so many variants already of the, um, already coming around. You know we ha- we have the UK variant, South African variant. There's a New York variant, and we have we have all these variants. Now, thankfully, 
the current the current vaccines do a good job of protecting people against all of those. Um, with um, with the only difference being for the South African variant, they um, they are slightly less effective. Um, and this and this is where all this talk about booster shots um, that you're hearing in the media is is coming from. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty simple to make a vaccine. Now that we uh, now that we're using, um, especially the new mRNA technologies, pretty straightforward to make to make a new vaccine against whatever variants pop up. And just and again, just like with the flu, just like with the flu vaccine, um, in, um, health authorities all over the world are keeping an eye on which uh, variants of COVID-19 are causing infections um, in the, in their localities. And if they look like they're spreading, we, you know, we, th- we think, we think that we think that's something that we might have to make a booster for. So in so, essence, so, l- let's be honest. So, in essence, we are all pretty much guinea pigs. So yeah, I, we, we we're always, well, we're, we're always, yeah. We're always going to pick even even for the flu vaccine. Absolutely, because, because, like, because like I said, even though because even though even though generally they get the uh, the strain of the flu right once in a while, nature nature plays us, <laughs> you know. Right, right. Nature 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 can play us. So science I, is good, but nature can outsmart us. Then I think they. I'm sorry. I think science. That's really been on our side. I think the scientists that have all been involved, I mean, locally, nationally, they've pretty much been right on point with this whole thing. So it's yeah. nice that we can all get back to believing. Then science says, wow. But here's one big question for you. So the million dollar drawing, do you think it's a good thing to offer money to get folks to vaccinate? Or do you think that was the wrong way to go? You know what? My this is pure, well, purely my opinion, but I think it's a, I think it's a brilliant idea. Oh, nice! Okay. I think it's a brilliant idea. I mean, it's just it's just my opinion. And why do you say that? that? But pe- people people respond to money. Oh. <laughs> Look at the response. Oh yes, yes, yes. Look at the response. Because I surely looked for my name last night, and I'll look for it once again next week. So. Well, Dr. Yep. Richardson, did you register? Did you register? Oh, I did register. You did? You did? <laughs> I registered. So if you win, yeah. promise to share. Oh, yeah. Somebody will be getting donated. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, but, thank you so much. But, Go ahead. But it's such a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. People respond people who are afraid of the vaccine you know a lot of people will will respond to money or a chance to get money it's it's no i think it's an appropriate use of our tax dollars well i sure hope someone wins that we know as well dr richardson we thank you so much for joining us of course um if you want to uh, get more information you can always go to our website kim sellers foundation.org look for our podcast wherever you may get your podcast from We are definitely on every platform that's out there. So again, we thank you so much. This has been the Living Strong Podcast. My name is Kim Sellers. 
Until next time. Thank you.